Fuck it, we can't get the music to work, so we're just going to start. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. I'm joined by our youth correspondent, Chelsea Bennington. Hello. She's texting away, because that's what young people do. That's what youth correspondents do. (laughs) Absolutely. But I'm very excited to have two wonderful guests from the film The Ranger, which you can see now on Shutter, co-writer and director Jen Wexler and producer Heather Buckley. Thank you for joining us, ladies. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. Pretty awesome to be here. Thank you. So I first heard about your film uh, from my girlfriend who loves national parks. And <laughs> yeah. Follows the national park film industry. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she, she saw this and she insisted I watch the preview. And I did, because I love horror. So, uh, watched it, instantly wanted to see it, saw it at the IFC Center with you two in the house. So with that bit of information, how do you feel knowing that you made the perfect date movie for an atypical couple? I love it. I mean, I think that that, you just uh, fulfilled my goals by describing it in that way. Perfect date movie for an atypical couple? Yeah. Yes. Everything I've always wanted to hear. I would have to say that does. <laughs> it's all right. I think it's very interesting to bring up as a date. Wait, movie. wait, are we recording? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I, I assume it was Sierra. So I think it's very interesting that you say that it's a date movie because I remember as we were doing our film fest run, there's a lot of couples that came up to you and then the boys would go like, oh my God, this movie's so cool. And then the girls would go like, listen, Jen, I understand this deep subtext in your movie. And it's a lot of that. And like the boys would be like, punk rock, and then Bang was in it. And the girls would go, mm-hmm, oppressive female identity. I understand. Mm-hmm. Being like, you sit your ass down and listen to what this movie was about. That's right. <laughs> they, would, like, they would take a step. Yeah, and the exactly. boy would, sit, would stand there and like the girl would go on and on with Jen. Also, I thought it was, uh, there was a couple times that like, girls were like had tears to like to see a female director. Mm-hmm. And that's something that happens, uh, I think, um, you don't understand how much representation means sometimes unless you're in the presence of it. So I recently was seeing Mary Heron speak for the movie Charlie Says, mm-hmm. and I spontaneously wanted to cry when I saw her. Mm-hmm. Just that she means so much. And you, you live every, your everyday life like not feeling so emotional about it when you see her talking about horror movies, being a horror movie fan, working on things. Yeah. So I think, you know, Jen being out there as part of the huge film fest run was very important to the representation to see that you could do it well, that you can do it, that we can make it. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, as a co-writer, what was it about uh, Jocko, I'm probably gonna fuck up the pronunciation of his last name, Fiorino? Fiorino. Fiorino, yeah. What was it about that that made this uh, the ideal uh, directorial debut for you, in your opinion? Well, um, so we went to school together. We both studied screenwriting. And uh, he wrote this when he was like, when we were both like 18. And we didn't know what to do with it when we were 18 years old. We were like, I just, but I love the concept. I was like, oh my God, punks versus park ranger. That's like, feels like it should have been done before. Yeah, it, like, it feels like the perfect, like, just battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. It, it just brings all these visuals to your yeah. mind. And it feels really colorful. And it just like, just in the words like punks versus park ranger, you imagine these two totally separate worlds like coming, clashing. Well, with you saying that, it doesn't matter if just a second, because I want to say this. One thing that I loved about the movie was like the clash like 
of colors, how you have these natural, you know, tones in the woods, and then you have Chelsea with pink hair, and like all these bright ass colors, like, it's almost like, you know, just from them going there, like on one level, you're like, punks at a national park, this is okay. <laughs> um, this will be interesting, but it's like another level color wise, but they don't belong there. So, yeah, so time to say that. I would have to agree with that as a yeah. producer. Where yeah. my punk rock gear out the woods. Yeah. <laughs> my allergies, it's like, nah, we don't belong here. Yeah, it, it's such an interesting clash, like visually. So that's one thing that I really loved was it was almost like, you know, this isn't people in hiking boots and cargo shorts. Not that everybody who goes to national parks does that. Mm. But you know what I mean? Like visually, it was separate. It was separated for sure. Yeah, and that was, that was always there in the pitch material, always there in the lookbook was sort of that yeah. idea about that color story. Yeah, it definitely tells a story there for sure. And, and Jeremy Holm plays the ranger so well, and you refer to it several times, like, you don't see this color in nature. Yeah. It doesn't belong in my park. Exactly. And, and, and he's, he's so fucking brilliant in that character that you get the idea that he actually considers it his. Like, he's studied the rule book, he can quote a chapter and verse in a fanatical uh, way. How, how do you find him? In the process of casting. So Jeremy actually used to work, like before Jeremy was on House of Cards and Mr. Robot, he was a waiter and he and my co-writer Jocko were waiters together at this restaurant. And then, you know, years passed and Jocko and I were writing the script and Jocko was like, Jen, watch House of Cards, watch Mr. Robot, check out this guy, I know him. And I did and I was like, oh my god, I fell in love with him. And then from then, that point on, we uh, were writing the character for him. But then we didn't, it wasn't until later that we actually showed him the script and we were like, hey, we wrote this and we have you in mind. And he read it and he loved it. And we all met and he was so down. And that's when the project really came to life. And it was like, okay, we're going to make it. He's the first person we're casting. He's amazing. And he started going into character in our first, like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was very scary. <laughs> stayed on character on set. He stayed on character when we drive back and forth from set. Oh, Jesus. He stayed in character during sort of the behind-the-scenes interview. And I think he does something that very few actors could do is that he's incredibly menacing and hilarious simultaneously. He'll also tweet. As the ranger, do you get him in the right mood? He does. He does. I'll, I'll tag him in on the social media, and he will, will be the ranger for you. And I know his ultimate dream is to uh, to go out into the uh, the horror convention world, so he could bring the ranger to the fan. I was very proud. He was doing a signing up, sort of like in the Boston area, and it's like, oh my god, did we create the next like slasher hero? I, I hope so too. I was gonna save this question for the end, but fuck it, we're here. Um, what are the chances of a sequel? Because I, there, there's more. There's much more to explore in Rangerland for sure. I like just from a creative perspective. Uh, Jeremy and Jocko and I are always like riffing on ideas and stuff. Right. So we'll see what happens, but. Um, it's, I mean, it's definitely a world that I love and would love to return to. You need to uh, uh, accumulate enough sequels so we can go into space. I, like I agree. 
I fully agree. Major <laughs> it's ten. Yes, because it's not about like the next sequel. It's like, what about the next ten sequels? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you know you've made it. You go into a dream world. You have space. Mm-hmm. You had Leprechaun in the hood, so you could always have yep. the Ranger go. Like Ranger's got to go to the city. Yeah. yeah. And Manhattan. Ranger takes Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> Staten Island. Oh, oh, he would have so much fun in Staten Island. There's a lot that needs to be cleaned up there. That's why yeah. I feel like the Purge sequel took place in Staten Island. Yeah. And someone said it's like that they literally mentioned Staten Island. It's like yes, they do. Yeah. They cop in the Purge. <laughs> like it makes sense. Bringing up Staten Island, we can have the Ranger meet one of our former guests, David Howard Thornton. So it's Art versus uh, ter- Art the Clown versus the Ranger. I would, yeah, my girlfriend wouldn't join me for that. One, that that's that's true. Story. Because the Freddy versus Jason, we yeah. would have to yeah. feel like who does who would you want the, the Ranger oh, from yeah. the full canon, the fu- even like from the every movie ever. We'll just we'll just the the, the slasher canon. So we're gonna have so from Jason to like Hatchet and. Ghostface. Um, uh, I, I think that needs to come back on this because there's a lot to choose from, and every it has. To, I have to have the right yeah. answer. You can't okay. just say the first thing that pops in mind. That's fine because those are those are usually the later sequels anyway. We have plenty of time to like, <laughs> sketch this out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring you back to promote for Ranger Two, of Great. course. Great. Um, but yeah, the the visual of the movies and the graffiti. Of the car, and I noticed there's a lot of things upon uh, rewatching uh, the DVD because I'm an old man and couldn't wait for it to be on Shutter. So I have a question regarding Easter eggs, and it's for Heather, uh, Joseph Buckley. Any relation? That's my father. Oh, Pappy! <laughs> <laughs> You're putting your dad on a missing person poster in uh, the convenience store. Yes, my father is a huge horror fan. He used to bring me to horror conventions, Weekend of Horror, and stuff like that. He would. I was a free-range horror child and that he would be watching the, f- like, not, you know, Universal Cycle stuff, but, like, Cronenberg's The Fly, so I would walk into scenes of, like, atrocious gore, Poltergeist, like, the face-ripping scene, he was always watching these things. And when I was young, I started getting into horror movies, and it's like, Dad, will you take me to the weekend of horrors? And he goes, like, of course! When I was in the Navy, I wanted to get Frankenstein monster tattooed on my back. I love horror movies. There's three <laughs> famous monsters in Filmland, and so he would take me to the horror movies. So I think his ultimate goal is to play a monster in a film, or sort of like a monster so because he's an old Jersey City guy. So that was my own homage. Also in the film, it's like um, the deer head is his, the knife Garth has mm-hmm. is his. So we tried to, you know. So h- how do you feel about being an Easter egg and on a missing persons poster when you told him. He, he, I think he loves it. Sometimes I hear from my sister, he goes like, he's watching it again. <laughs> so I know he watches it a lot. And recently, because my sister will tell me with horror movies that he's, that he's watching. So the last one was like Gigi's Culture Shop. And so I'll like get a text. It's like, dad loves that. It's like, for a director. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll tag her. So social media knows about Joseph Buckley, but as an old school Jersey City man, of course not on social media. Right. So I will sometimes like record him when I'm there for the holidays. We'll watch a horror movie, and then in the corner, I will secretly go. So what did you think? And he goes like, "That was realistic," and like that would just be his review, and I'll post that online. So he has no idea any of this is happening. That's okay. That's so okay. he's very, he's very happy, very game for the genre, the genre. And when I go to conventions, I get him autographs. Anyway, it's like Elvira's autograph. And it's like, ah, he's a huge fan. <laughs> 
Uh, it just seemed very sweet when I, I caught that because um, my day job is you know doing set dressing or props, so now I'm just watching everything in the background of films like on the second go round, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I, I think I caught something that most people wouldn't have caught. Yeah, so, it was a very family embracing movie. There's, there's <laughs> my stuff in the family. There's your stuff in, in this. Just gather it all together. I always feel like, from a from a spiritual sense, it's like almost like the talismans that we have. We mm -hmm. sort of like like put it put in the film. If you put because even like the van, it's not just the art department worked on. It's like the executive producers worked as the art department. Ben put the pizza on back. He was like part of the JVs team. Like it was in my involved. mom's name. Oh, yeah, still in my mom's name. It was so crazy. We were trying to find that punk rock van. Because uh, Jen wanted to match it to the Return of Living Dead carpet as a man, and it was I think it was about like 15 minutes from your parents' house where, yeah. I, where I got it. We looked and looked and looked, and I go like, "Really, the van we're going to buy is 15 minutes from your parents' house?" That'll work. That's how you that's how you do it. Because mm -hmm. I did notice upon watching, I'm like, "Yes, this is a very low budget film, uh, but the heart that was put into it more." than made up for it. Because you can see Aww. big budget horror that you just come away with like, eh, they, they, they had an issue, they threw some money at it, but I don't think it resonated as much as what this was, which is clearly a labor of love. Well, Thank you. Yeah. Movie, you just need three chords. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> three, three chords and a lot of passion, and you're good to go. We certainly had lots of passion, but we lacked in our bank account, we made up for it in passion. Well, you said you wrote this when you were in college? So he wrote it first when he was in college, mm -hmm. and then after I started working for Glass Night Picks, yeah. and I learned how to make movies, and I wanted to direct, uh, I remembered his script, and I was yeah. like, yo, can we work on it together? So that was like 2014, yeah. and we didn't get the financing until 2016, and we shot 2017. Well, because we were also at the, I think the, the financing came pretty fast because we were at the, the script was there, then you submitted it to the Fantasia market, and then that was, that was it. You know, we found our partner in Andrew Vanhouten, who did The Woman, and The Girl Next Door, and he, in sort of like Glass Eye Picks, I was sort of put under Glass Eye Picks because I myself am a freelance bio-exorcist. I had a, a solo producer thing, so I was put under Glass Eye, and then we had Andrew's company. Good River and the thing came together with a lot of love and passion. A lot of people put money in, believed in the project, mm -hmm. or also, which was cool, had like a punk rock background and wanted to support it. And I think that helped the film festival a lot. So a lot of the programmers were like, I uh, like punk rock, or they were punk rock. And, mm -hmm. You know, they wanted to put it out in the world. The biggest one for me is when we played at Fright Fest in the UK, because it's like that's for me, because I love English punk. I was so excited. And I thought they would be over my look. <laughs> embraced it. It's you like, guys oh didn't my get bored of that 30 years ago? <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like, I just thought it was like, oh, this girl with her fucking by hawk. But it's like, oh my god, the producer's actually punk. But I would also say that Jen has a huge background in the punk rock, going to shows, whole thing like that as well. That's why you have the quality of the punk rock in the film. Mm -hmm. That's why she embraced the community yeah. of the punk rock well, in her soul. Very true. The, one of the things you mentioned soul. in one of the... Uh, uh, extras on the DVD. How good are those extras, by the way? I know. <laughs> um, in, in regard to the, the, the punk 
show towards the beginning of the film is that you reached out to the community and the community showed up and and that's a great feeling when it happens yeah be it the 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 punk community or for us with the improv community when you throw a line out there it's like hey can i get an assist and and people just show up with kindness and god damn if it doesn't make the world a better place yeah it was so lovely Mm -hmm. absolutely no it was i mean that was our second day of shooting we were shooting at don pedro which was no longer exists but was a punk club and Brooklyn and Williamsburg has been around for like 25 years and um, yeah our second day of shooting we just threw a punk show and everybody came all of our friends and it was super fun and and your your actors were a lot of them were never to a punk show ever until that punk show <laughs> yeah that was their way of getting to know like, oh this is what it's like yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them I think uh, mentions like they really responded to the energy Yeah, I love at the beginning there's a there's like a punk rocker with lipstick on and doing sort of like a sort of a, you know, only to describe it like the uh, circle jerks logo that kind of like dance movements my friend Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at them, it's like uh look there's Sam Zerman being arrested and like Ted Gagan, who's our friend and local filmmaker, we are still here. They're all they're all in their Jocko is being arrested by a cop. Oh my dad's a, my dad's a cop. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Another dad sighting. It's he a is, family affair. Her yeah. father is famous and always wants to make sure there's a role for him somewhere. Yeah, that's the role. He should be, it should be Jeremy signing and your dad. I know, my dad would love to sign, but you'd have to like freeze frame the movie to find him and point him out. So like, we could get those prints made. Yeah, it can he be could, done. He could be like that guy in the Hatchet films who plays like a different character every film. <laughs> I forgot exactly. his name. But you know him, you yeah. know who I'm talking about, it's but I don't guy. remember his yeah. name. <laughs> He wants me to create one for him, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> well, Father's Day passes. Maybe Christmas. Yeah. yeah. His birthday is coming. In sure, there you go. Yeah. It's, it's interesting birthday. the dad theme of this podcast. It's very <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of We words? keep it loose. It goes where it goes. Yeah. We have fun with it. I have some questions. Some of them are blinking out of my head. They'll come back later. <laughs> yes. Well, I just... Not just because of my name, but I really do love the character, Chelsea. (laughs) And I always love seeing a Chelsea who spells it the right way, and so that's nice. Um, You know, just like, I'd love to hear like more about her when it came to casting her, what you were looking for. I mean, she was perfect. Very bad. So, and just so complex. Um, Yeah, just like, I love horror films that are almost like character studies. And this one felt like a character study of Chelsea. Well, and the Ranger. Um, So I'd love to just hear more. Yeah, so what we wanted to do was kind of make it like a popcorn movie on one level. You could just watch it and have fun. But then also have it be a character study of Chelsea. And of this girl who's like going through trauma and has just kept running away from this trauma that she faced as a child. And she's been running her entire life. And she's found herself in this scene and it's like she wants to belong, and maybe at one point she felt like she belonged, but she doesn't, and it's that feeling of when you have a group of friends and you're, you're in a transitional phase and you feel like you've outgrown them and they're still in one place and you're on to the next place. 
and um, which I feel like those are things we can all identify yeah. with. Especially at a young age, and it's a weird thing to experience as a young age when you're outgrowing, but you're also still a kid. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, having the movie have this punk theme, just in general, there's, uh, well, there's the question in general, when I was a teenager going to punk shows, it was always like, are you punk? What's punk? Like, everyone's trying to define yeah. what punk is. And I think I, I was kind of uh, still low-key exploring that through this movie. So you have the punks, and they're like, oh, we dress like this, and that makes us punk. And we listen to this music, and that makes us punk. And then, you know, over the course of the movie, the real punk, the real punk soul is Chelsea, because yeah. she's, like, punk from deep within her soul. And, exactly. and the rest of the kids, in the beginning, they think she's, like, a poser, and, you know they're really the posers. So anyway, I just spelled out the movie for everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> And it's also the switching of leadership because it seems like Garth is the head of the gang, but it's obvious that she... Yeah, and that was the thing when I was a teenager going to shows. Like, it was, I was always surrounded by tons of dudes, and, you know, they make jokes, and I feel would feel the pressure to, like, laugh along with them because I didn't want to be the butt of the joke. So, and I think that's true of all scenes of... I, I was just pulling from my own very specific experience. So there's the shot where she's like pushing her way through the show and it's like yeah. all these dudes are blocking her and it's just, you know, just pulling those little nuanced things uh, from my own past and putting them in there. Um, but, I mean, the person that really brought Chelsea to life was Chloe Levine, who's... She was fantastic. She's amazing. Yeah. So she was in uh, the movie The Transfiguration uh, which I saw at South by Southwest uh, while we were casting for the Ranger, and the character she plays in the Transfiguration is a very different kind of character. But uh, she's still like kind of an outsider, and there's this feeling like, you know, she's trying to connect. And I was like, oh, those are definitely Chelsea qualities. And I saw how she did that, and, and I just like knew she'd be a great fit. And she dyed her hair pink, and that was an exciting yeah. day when Heather. And I and Chloe went to the stylist in Williamsburg <laughs> to yes. get her Patrick hair. Rogers used to do my hair. He stripped her hair and also Amanda's hair to do the blue that is not a wig. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is stripped to white. No, yeah. no wigs in the Ranger. Everybody, Amanda and Chloe really dyed their hair. I got so excited seeing her hair pink because my hair was that color pink when I was in high school. Really? When I was like 16, 17. Oh my god. And I even had like, I just remember the vice principal of the school saying something like similar to the ranger does about the color not being natural and I'm like, well, fuck you. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm keeping it. I'm, I'm um, going to want to see a picture of that. I want to I gotta, see a picture yeah, too. Yeah, so it was, I gotta find one. Um, you should post it when you post the yeah. Please. There's also a key about her identity that a lot of um, a lot of the, the woman fans have brought up the idea about identity and oppressing the identity and finding your identity on your own while a whole world is trying to define you. Yeah. I think it's very very key. It's also universal even though I think it's specific toward to the female experience. Absolutely. Well, yeah, all of her friends are trying to tell her to be more whatever. She's not enough for yeah. them. And then the ranger wants her is putting his own expectations on her and has since she was a kid. And it's like growing up in that world where everyone's putting expectations on you yeah. and you're just trying to figure yourself out. And it just shows that those expectations are everywhere, even in like the punk scene. Yeah. And it's like, 
weren't you supposed to accept me? Like, where, yeah. why is this it's, like this? It, but, it, it is yeah. kind of a weird way of like, you know, you're, you're free to do whatever you want, but, you, know, but you have to do I it think. exactly yeah. how we say. Yeah. And, and I always like the punk uh, idea that, that, that Kurt Cobain taught me as a kid. Like, play whatever you want, as long as it's good and has passion. As sloppy as you want, it's fine. I'm paraphrasing, but you get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of, of the punks and the, the, the wonderful uh, characters in your film, I like that you, you took the time for the audience to get to know them and, and develop them and formulate our own opinions about them, as opposed to, here's a bunch of kids. Yeah. Don't get attached. They're going through the meat grinder quickly. Mm -hmm. I was saying to him right before you guys like came in that it reminded me a little bit of like how they deal with the teenagers, or they might have been in their young twenties. I think they were in college. Uh, the kids in Cabin Fever. How mm -hmm. like the first 30, 45 minutes really. I mean, almost until the last like twenty minutes is really just about getting to know them, whether you like them or not. Some of them suck as humans. Yeah, Some of them you're like. I don't want them to die, but yeah. it's a way of like getting to know them, whether you like them or not, which I felt like this film did really well. Yeah, yeah. thank you. No, I mean, they're they're jerks for sure. <laughs> yeah, one of them. One is named jerk. One named well, jerk. Rocks are assholes. Like, I would go and on social media. It's like, okay, so you find the characters annoying. Do you realize that me, me and all my friends, complete assholes, completely annoying. <laughs> but what kind of like punk movie would it be if you were not depicting them as assholes? Like, they yeah, are assholes, exactly. but at the same time, they care about each other. Yes. And, and that's when I see a lot of yeah. So yeah. the script, I, I was like, who the fuck wrote this? Because how do you know? Like, it was so <laughs> close to the soul of my friends who are like, ride or die for each other, mm -hmm. constant ball busting, simultaneously. It's like, we'll die for you, but we'll constantly make fun of you. And that's sort of like humor. There's also kind of like that East Coast humor in it, mm -hmm. which if you we love each other, we make fun of each other. Yeah. And just like that's that's so quintessential that that counterculture. Yeah, and also in the idea of family too, at least the way my family is, mm -hmm. we will like get into hugest fights and be awful to each other. But it doesn't matter because we deep down we love each other. Yeah, and nobody exactly. else, like I could say things to my brother and if anyone else said it to my brother, yeah. I would like kill them. But I can do it because it's my brother. It's very true. But there, there's also a sweetness in some of the characters. Are we watching it when, when Abe has Amber's head in his lap and he's singing, uh, yeah. take nothing but pictures, leave nothing but footprints, in a very frightened tone that was different from earlier in the film where they're all doing like a punk call and response to one another. It's like, oh, that, that, that's kind of nice. It's going to work out well for him. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh. they're all just like children also. Mm -hmm. They're all like... Yeah. I mean, when you're like 18 years old, you're still a child. Yes. I mean, you're very young. So they think that they're tough and they're out there and they're trying to like live on their own, but uh, they're children. I think we talked about their background. They definitely come from suburbia. They definitely, some of their. That's what I 100% imagine with them. I was like, white picket fence all the way. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. the gear, the yeah. gear is very street, but then you can tell they also shop at Claire's. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I feel like triggered right now <laughs> thinking about that. Exactly. But yeah. They're no, definitely. The mall, but like they also go into the city to be like, hey, yeah, like guys. Like literally <laughs> taking those like 
earrings and headbands from Claire is like stuffing them in their pockets and like trying to sneak yeah. out. Like literally everybody who thought they were punk, like in I grew up in Alabama. Um, oh my god, I just remember that happening at the mall all the time. They would have to when they would throw stuff out that they didn't sell, they would have to like spray paint it or whatever so the <laughs> kids wouldn't go dumpster diving at oh the mall. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. And take stuff. It's crazy. I know, right? Anyway. It's ridiculous. But no, I pictured them all the way. So how they were acting, yeah, the costume, everything. I was like, these are kids that they would be fine, like, if the cops did get them. Right, right. <laughs> they would have been fine. They it would have been great. Yeah. But they would have been fine. But that's what I loved. I was like, wow, they're very ride or die right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that you said that because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm validated. And, and the, the the setting of the film, in your own words, in '80s dreamland. Um, I, I like period pieces like that now coming out in horror. Something that can't be solved with a cell phone call and like, okay, problem's over with. Like, no, you're you're deep in it. You're stuck. But but what does an '80s dreamland mean to you specifically? Uh, to me, it's a world that wasn't real 80s, but uh, so just left of reality. <laughs> and you know this by the made-up drug we created called Echo, which is uh, all my favorite drugs combined into one. <laughs> and pink. <laughs> and, and the color pink, which is my favorite color. And uh, clearly. And um, it, you know, it's an upper, but it also... Uh, is a little bit of a hallucinogen, and if you take too much of it, you'll go overboard and pass out. And um, uh, you can snort it, you can shoot it. It's sparkly, also. Sure. You see rainbows. You see rainbows. It creates rainbow colors. Um, so that allowed us to like go into this comic book world, uh, going back to the clashing of punk world and. Ranger world to just embrace all of that, uh, both of those styles, um, while also embracing the my love for Lisa Frank. Uh, yes. I wanted to create like a, a horror movie that paid homage to the art of Lisa Frank. You succeeded. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's why my one of my we have a lot of merch out there. I I would love to create like a trapper keeper. I, I was about to say, I want a binder. I literally want one. And I talked with to my friend. stickers and all of it. Erica from Atomic Con. Yeah. Like, she did do that. Yes. I'm keeping my eye yeah. yeah. so much merch. Yeah. The best thing said, so Shutter put out, like, our great merch people, which is, like, we did our soundtrack with Greek Records, and Josh from Apocalypse helped us put it out. And then we did the novelization, because my friend Ed Kurtz did the voiceover in the trailer, going, like, what do we do with novelization? It's like, because he's a noir writer. It's like, well, have one of your publishers. So, and they did it. It's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then the cover was based on, is that... Um, oh, Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike cover. So for, the, for the novelization. Yeah. All right. And then we have the T-shirt, which is like in all these great neon colors that mm -hmm. Atomic Cotton made, which is, uh, which is uh, Erica's company. And it's like, so when you go to... The, it's so cute. So... Well, some industry friends who are going to go to like car conventions, they will take pictures of the t-shirts like, look Heather, it's the Ranger t-shirt, the grinder and stuff like that, that's adorable. So, so we have, so we have that. And so Shutter was doing a giveaway and someone literally asked, 
when was this film made? Because of the type of person. <laughs> yeah. And I said, and I said, we have we have accomplished what we set out to accomplish. Yeah. This movie was made in 1993. Yes. <laughs> 1993. Do not question or look it up. Exactly. So you're able to do it because that was part of the 80s Dreamland question. It's like, well, all our merch. Oh, and the sisters and offices of VHS that we have. Oh yeah, we have VHS. Did you watch it on VHS? I don't have VHS player. You can buy them for a dollar. Yeah, I, I still have two. It looks it looks really great because mm. we had to do it pan and scan. Oh shit. Oh yeah. So once we put out sort of the preview as we were making this uh, you know, momentum to go to shutter and they're gonna do a second run. So the first one was clamshell and the second one is gonna be oh, slipcases. Nice. Our VCR still works at home. I've never gotten rid of my VHS because yeah, we, we still have to pirate everything. <laughs> And to collect yeah. everything. I have so yeah, I have so many crazy amounts of like tapes, like Buffy uh, five episodes. I had a and, bunch like, of shit this like that, that, yeah. That I would <laughs> like, like actively record. Yeah. Oh, like I would get up at four a.m. and record my so-called life when it was coming on TV. Oh, okay. Not because I was about to ask, did you pause to leave the commercials out, or did no, you? No, because it was four a.m. So I pressed record and went back to bed. I was. That was then probably my first. Yeah. Fast forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I love people who kept the commercials in because it's a beautiful uh, yeah. time capsule. Yeah, exactly. You guys have a lot of like pop culture to talk about. I think I'm glad you brought up merch. I'm going to get back to the soundtrack in one second. But if I can suggest something just very 80s like color forms. Ranger oh, color to say forms. coloring books, which I was about to say yes. Oh, oh, right. Both. Awesome. Both of them. The Trapper Keeper possible colored books and stickers. I want Erica to make prism stickers, like the like the ones that you get out. Because that's another thing. So my father would take me to get my Fangoria Gorzos and Toxic Cars, and then we'd go a couple doors down the keyboard, and that's where I would get my prism stickers. So you put the twenty five cents in. I was on a VHS group, and someone was selling like a hundred and fifty of them for no money, and I was like concerned about their mortal life. It's like. Yeah, why would you have to do this? <laughs> and I want to like talk about it. It's like I don't know if I can have it, but amazing a lot. There you go. Yes, I I love the soundtrack. Picked it up on the the beautiful colored vinyl. Yeah. And and I like that you got the the, the punk stuff of the Avengers and, and great bands like that and the creepy ass score as well. And 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 we did a, an episode not too long about about the importance of music in not just cinema but spe- specifically horror and yes yeah, so you got authentic punk bands uh, many that uh, i hadn't heard about previously and now i'm learning uh, along with uh, the score just to get you there on the edge of your seat because because without the music in a movie sometimes it's like oh that's a dark hallway yeah. we have woods okay yeah. <laughs> and you add the right sound with it and, and it, it pushes it over the top. Speaking about the dark woods, do you have anything to keep morale up among your, your crew when it's an overnight exterior shoot? Because those are difficult. Only my sheer enthusiasm. <laughs> and Red You're Bull. doing great, guys. <laughs> yeah. I went to the yeah. convenience store a bunch of times. Again. Red Bull? That helps them out. Yeah. Red Bull, yes. My schedule for drinking Red Bull is for overnight. <laughs> the first half of the night, I just keep it normal, just drink coffee. Then I have lunch, you know, around midnight or whatever. 
Then after lunch, maybe an hour, maybe an hour at 2 a.m., I break out the Red Bull, and then that gets me get serious. every yeah. overnight I do. I gotta have Red Bull on hand. Like that's, that's how I get through the night. Like an hour after your food is settled yeah. and everything. You can't go Not too it on early. No, yeah. you can't go too early with it or else you overdo it too fast and then you'll just, you know, pass out and you won't be able to make it. So you gotta pace yourself with the Red Bull. <laughs> I live at night to the idea of hanging out at 4 a.m. in a parking lot. It's like, I don't know why everyone's so grumpy. It's <laughs> <laughs> really nice out there. This is my life, it's great. Time you get home, it's like 7 a.m. So it's like, this is great. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we shot, so we shot in the spring, like in May, we were doing those overnights. And then we did one night of pickups, like in August. And both in May and August, it was still like freezing cold in the middle of the night in upstate New York. It mm-hmm. never gets warm in the middle of the night. Yeah, people frequently say it's darkest before the dawn. No, it's coldest. And in the woods, in the middle of nowhere, it, it, it can like waist deep yeah. in the yeah. forest. Mm-hmm. And how, tough. how close is that honey wagon going to be to set? Yeah. It can it can get difficult. Yeah. But, but we made it through. Yeah. I, I, and, and I commend you for it. it, it it's, you. it's a beautiful thing. Well, filmmaking is a, is a very hard process. Yes, like, From is. everyone from the sort of like the director, but think about like the G&E team, and stuff like that. It's just everyone working together to create a great vision. Yeah, it's very no stone, you know, left unturned. Like, it's just every single aspect, somebody's doing something yeah. all the time. And, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's another thing about our set was we definitely wanted to make it feel like a family. Yeah. So it wasn't just in the movie. It was the, the tone of the set also. They're just, like, a bunch of friends going out into the woods making a movie together. Which is very punk rock in itself. Yeah. And it's the, the t- you work with everybody there on Like Me, yes? Yeah, so another movie I produced, Like Me, I was the same DP and Steve Gaffer. Um, uh, we, you know, a lot of people I've worked with before on other projects. So what's next for you guys? <laughs> I just directed uh, an episode of a new TV show for the CW called Pandora. I directed episode six. Oh, I heard nice. about that show. I am a high-key CW fan. Oh, sweet. I just am. Have you watched Roswell? It's actually pretty good. I watched it when it first aired yeah. like, a long the, time ago. Their remake is actually pretty good because um, I'm a hardcore fan of the original, but I would, if you can accept that it's CW, like it brings in like immigration and everything like that, uh-huh. and I'm like, that sounds okay. great. Yeah, no, it's cool. That sounds good. But that's exciting. Yeah, so I just got back from Bulgaria like last week, last Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the last thing I did, and it's coming out sometime later in the summer, early fall. And there's, there's John also has other uh, feature projects, which you keep hidden behind vaults and black doors and curtains. I like it. Yes. So we did not stop the ranger. And Lisa Frank stickers on those vaults. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> No one's stopping this train. No, because the friendship between the two of you is very, very real, and I'm getting the vibe. Heather is like, no, I'm not letting anyone stop this train. What (laughs) what obstacle is in front of you? Give me five minutes. It's true. (laughs) Heather will beat up that obstacle. I was, yes, it's true. I was able, I was able to get everyone. 
everything Jen wanted for her for her movie. Mm-hmm. Um, giant gumball machines, wolves, mm-hmm. bands. The throwing the whole punk party. Yeah, cop car, the negotiation to like get all these things. Which she the, makes things happen. I, I, I get the feeling of that, but I, the other thing I wonder is like with a low budget thing, what's it like when you have to get a, a gumball machine? Like, okay, we got to destroy this for the take. So the reason, Jen had me read the script a long time ago, and I loved it, and I would send inspirational stuff, and at some point, like, I started pitching the equity, and then I came out as a producer for it. But it originally just came out of love and help on, on all my friends who are artists and filmmakers, and I want to see them achieve their goal and make Green, their art yes. out of the world. So I'm very, very, I'm very much like that. I'm someone who tells all their friends to go to the markets, I'll read their scripts, even when I'm producing it. It's like, I just want to, I just want to show, um, I just want to show great support for the, I think that's the true sign of a, of a friend and an artist when you want to see the people around you succeed as opposed to just, you know, being bitter and like, look at this motherfucker that has what I don't have. Like, no, they work for it. Yeah, great. Well, that's what we were talking about. You need like, somebody applauding your, your buddies. Like, 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 can outside of that. It's like, I, le- I want a world where all my friends, like, we're all successful together, we're all making movies together, and we're all cheering each other. sing all their songs and dance and they would, they would cycle through because everyone is each other's fan and that's mm-hmm. important and everybody uh, everybody sings together so that's that's what I want in my in my heart yes. so the idea of how to get a gumball machine my strange day job is I'm a DVD supplement producer mm-hmm. a lot of that the ability to find things I, it's, it's almost like I consider war like a form of war dialing <laughs> and that if you keep calling and you keep researching the same like when we got uh, when we got the wolves like that's how you do it mm-hmm. is that you, you will relentlessly endlessly call and call and look on Facebook and look on Craigslist and look at stores and call people locally and ask them and you get closer and closer to getting what you need you also know how to better ask the question the next time doing it and so that's that's how you do it and you because you'll find it it's like people are like it's impossible it's like that just means it's going to take some time mm-hmm. That's all that means. That's what I just, I was recently uh, working on a doc about um, Al Adamson for three and a half years. And David Gregory, who I love, he runs seven films. He had like a list of all these actors. And I kept finding them. They're like old school 60s actors. And I said, you tell me when to stop. I'm going to give you me. Because I'll just keep I finding keep them. I going. Yeah. No, I have ways of finding people. So this is my day job is like I'm, I'm a detective. You have to find people and then shoot. You should shoot look at it. Life. Look at the world like you're a detective. Yeah. Like it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's true, and people people will help you. P- possible Ranger sequel, Ranger Noir. <laughs> Ooh, love it. Because because black and white with some neon. Oh my god, with the Ranger in like a yeah. long jacket, and there could be an iteration of the movie in all the different genres. Yeah, and and, and it seems like <laughs> what with. The scene where he's wearing the pelt and he has like that rune drawn on his chest. It's like, and all the great slashers are inexplicably immortal. So why not have him go back to the, the opening of this 
Park, you know, when, when the Teddy Roosevelt started <laughs> doing the conservation no. thing. Yeah. Why the fuck not? No, I think that's, I'm saying no, just because. I mean, eventually he makes it to space. Yeah. He goes into the past, into the future, mm-hmm. other dimensions. Yeah. There's no stopping. He could be a Doctor Who. Yeah. A Time Lord? Yeah. Sure. Why not? The Ranger as Time Lord. Why the fuck not? Oh my god. I'm glad right. people have so much fun with the characters that it sparked this kind of conversation. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's what us nerds do. <laughs> the fan fiction, the endless fan fiction of things that we love, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I do it myself. <laughs> the relationships and hanging out that I've had with my favorite part of characters is reality. Yeah. Right. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, where can people find you if they're so inclined? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram as Bubblegum and Blood, and Twitter as J underscore Wex. Nice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Heather Buckley. Twitter and Instagram is underscore Heather Buckley. And also the Rangers at the Ranger Movie on all those things. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the Ranger Movie.com. Yes. Yes. You can see stream it on Shutter. If you don't have Shutter and you're listening to this podcast, the fuck man but there is a the seven day trial and I recommend I don't know if they're still available I got uh, a DVD package uh, through you wonderful people that had like guitar picks and some cool aviator sunglasses and a punk flyer and all these other bits and bobs that had the blu-ray the DVD all there it's just it's it's cool and, yeah. uh, and, and fun to watch and so. on Amazon you can get the American blu-ray and that's all region zero and then there's of course the records are so the elbow creek record mm-hmm. and if we, we wish very hard upon a star maybe we'll get a cassette i was just <laughs> thinking i'm like you've got the vinyl you got the digital we gotta go cassette yeah where's our cassette at i think it's gonna take a second but, uh, <laughs> but I, I do talk about that with josh that we said you absolutely do <laughs> all right thank you very much thank for being with us ladies um yeah Give us the five-star boop on iTunes, because that'll help us out. All right, till next time, everybody. See ya.